This is Unfiltered, the International Women's Initiative official podcast. Here we have unfiltered conversations about the most urgent challenges to women's rights globally. Today, women using OnlyFans, the challenging nature of sex work and body positivity in the pandemic. I'm Lucia Stremska, speaking to Ayala. First of all, could you just tell me who you are, what you do, and why you started OnlyFans and what it means to you? Yeah, I'm Ayla. I am a sex worker and a sexual fetish researcher. And I got into OnlyFans because uh, I was a sex worker and the pandemic started and I didn't want to meet people in person because it was a health risk. So I switched to online. Why did you start OnlyFans and how have you seen it kind of evolve through your career and everything? Um, I'd actually started OnlyFans in 2017 because uh, I was a cam girl at some point. And the girls were like, oh, there's this OnlyFans thing, you should try it. But nobody really used it. So I like I made some posts there and kind of stopped. And then uh, fast forward to 2020 and some of my old cam girl friends who I talk with a lot were like, uh, OnlyFans seems to be picking up, maybe you should try it again. And so eventually I gave it a shot. That's really interesting. And what made you start doing um, camming and that kind of stuff? I was poor. <laughs> I was raised in a super conservative community uh, by evangelical people. And my goal in life, at least that I was raised to be, was to be a housewife. Um, and so education was not really the priority. Uh, I had no grand plans for my life whatsoever. And so when I finally left all that, I really did not have like a path for me. And I worked really terrible minimum wage jobs for a long time. And eventually I was like, fuck it, like I want to do something better with my life. And I can't go to college. I couldn't afford it. So what do I do? And so I was like, okay, well, sex work, that seems like something. And sex work at that point was something that I could actually try with. Like the other jobs that I'd worked, it's like they give you a set things to do and you do them and then they pay you. And there was no like way for me to actually like work hard or like express myself or climb in any way. And scamming was the first time I had an opportunity to actually like put thought and effort into making myself be better at something. So what kind of made your um, OnlyFans kind of more successful in a way was because you kind of find it more empowering in that sense that you could do what you wanted to do with it. And the outcome was you got more money the more you worked and it was all for yourself. Yeah, in the beginning it was camming uh, and that I think really educated me a lot because I was coming out of an extremely sheltered life and I was was a very strange person online. But it, it taught me a lot about like the way that men work and the way how you're supposed to market and how like funnels and attention works. And so when I eventually started OnlyFans, a lot of those skills transferred. Okay, because I saw somewhere process your data, you have data and you process your data to kind of make your page more successful. And that can, can you tell me more about that? Yeah. Yeah, I really like data. Uh, I collect data as much as I can. And yeah, I, I track everything that I can about OnlyFans. What I'm doing, I'm not currently doing OnlyFans, but I was doing it for a few years. Yeah, I track uh, like where people are coming from where. I have like spreadsheets that organize like what are what I'm posting where. And for a while I would do like uh, spot checks because um, OnlyFans itself doesn't provide you very good data about like where your customers are coming from. So I would ask people where they came from and then like record, you know, what percentage of people are coming from where to see exactly like how effective my funnels are, stuff like that. So would you send out surveys or, and didn't people kind of voluntarily do it or did you have to give any incentives of why they were kind of doing it? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I do, I do a lot of surveys. It's not like to make money on OnlyFans. Sometimes people say that <laughs> they're like, "Oh, she's just trying to, you know, get all the nerd boys in order to convert money to OnlyFans." I'm like, no, I was a weird nerd well before OnlyFans. <laughs> so yeah, I, I have a, a pretty wide audience for OnlyFans, and those people will sort of do what I ask them to do if it's like kind of fun. And so I have them take a lot of surveys, and so I can do it about like most topics that I'm interested in, and I get a lot of data. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, just one more question, more broader question about uh, OnlyFans. How does it kind of relate to porn for people that don't really know what it is? Yeah, so the practical experience of OnlyFans is kind of like a porny Facebook. Like you sort of follow a girl and that puts her on your feed. And then when she posts, you sort of scroll down your, you know, quote unquote, Facebook feed and you see the posts, except they're usually like nudes or something or sometimes they're videos. And then you have the ability to message the girl. And there's like some differences, like depending on her settings, you know, how much you can message or whatever. But this is the general structure. And compared to porn, it's like different because it's direct from the producer. Like the girl herself takes the photo and posts it directly to her OnlyFans. Um, whereas with porn, usually this goes through some sort of company. Um, and usually it's not so carefully like held. Like if you find a video online, you don't know that the person who created that video posted that video directly to that platform typically. Uh, Pornhub is pretty good about this, but most other porn websites aren't. Uh, so it's, it's very like a, a direct sort of connection with the creator on OnlyFans. Did you ever consider going into the actual porn in like the, well, the stereotypical porn in industry rather than doing an OnlyFans? And if not, why did you choose to OnlyFans instead? Yeah, the porn industry pays less. Um, the benefit of it is that it kind of provides you a package. You don't have to think, you don't have to manage a business. You like show up, you do work and you go home with a paycheck. And this can be like really great for people who don't have like the mental uh, energy or something to you know navigate a business in their own life. But if you can, if you do have that energy, then the, the pay ceiling is way higher. With porn, it's, it's more just like a cut and dry thing. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting kind of see how, because you're kind of having more of a, more control over what you want to do, right, and how you represent your body, right? On OnlyFans? Yeah, absolutely. There's a huge amount of control. And to be fair, there is porn too. Like, I, I have some friends who've done mainstream porn, and I, I think it varies, like, pretty hugely depending on the kind of company you're working with. But from what I've heard, the experience has been pretty good. Like, felt they felt pretty in control of what they were able to do. Yeah, that's great. Um... From OnlyFans, did you face any barriers or any discrimination along your OnlyFans journey or was it pretty simple? I mean, I've already been a, like a very open sex worker for a long time. Before OnlyFans, I was doing in-person escorting. So like I've already sort of like run the gamut of, of people of the stigma. But there's definitely something that comes with higher visibility. Like most of my circles are pretty progressive. Like a lot of my friends are sex workers. A lot of my friends are poly. Like it's kind of a not a big deal. Um, but with the high visibility of OnlyFans, I started like getting exposed to cultures for whom OnlyFans is considered very degrading and started uh, getting some some sort of hate and comments from there, which still confused me a lot. But relatively speaking, though, I've been pretty uh, privileged in the sense that I've lived a very free life uh, and got to choose who I associate with. Yeah, I know you mentioned that you came from a very religious background. So how did your family and friends kind of react to you? doing OnlyFans if if they know about it? Uh, not great. So the community I came from is very conservative and I'm not in contact with almost all of them because of that. Uh, so there's only a few people who I think found out. Uh, my family definitely found out. My, my it, they, they found out before I did OnlyFans. They found out when like I was doing actual porn. Um, somebody sent 
like some porn porn of me to my parents, which was great. Which is I don't know if I can muster more sarcasm than that, but they not well. Um, luckily my mom sort of just doesn't want to talk about it. She's like, this is not a thing that exists. We're going to ignore it and continue to have a nice family life. And I'm not really in contact with my dad. Well, I'm sad to hear that, but I guess was it more that you were more freeing and you could do everything that you wanted to do rather because obviously you kind of restricted from a lot of things growing up in this kind of background did kind of OnlyFans make you more empowered in the way you could live your life because of the way you were brought up yeah something like that so I had been doing OnlyFans for like eight years or sorry not OnlyFans sex work I've been doing sex work for like eight years uh, before this. So so the transition sort of an empowerment happened pretty early. I also didn't go into sex work in order to be empowered. I did it because I needed money originally. It wasn't it wasn't like, oh, this is, you know, a rebellion against something, right? Like I it was not my first choice at all. Uh, in hindsight it was great. I'm I'm very glad I did it. But I think the empowerment was very slow. I like like I think feel like people often have this conception that empowerment happens in like one great revelation. But for me it was like a series of extremely tiny updates. It was like, oh, it, I can do this and it feels okay. Or like, oh, I can do this and actually pay attention to what I want. Like I had a really fucked up conception about what sex was supposed to be that for a long time. And to be fair, I don't think sex work really helped that. Like I grew up thinking that sex is something that women aren't supposed to like very much. And you'd sort of do it for your man. And it's an obligation. Like my parents, uh, they have they have sex like I think every day or every other day or something as a contractual obligation. Like my mom believes she's obligated to do this regardless of whether or not she wants to. And so I was like, oh, for my mind, sex is an obligate, like a duty that like a wife, like a chore. Um, and so I didn't really pay attention to my sexual pleasure at all for a very long time when having sex with people. It wasn't, it was just because it didn't occur to me that that was something that I should be paying attention to. And, and camming sex work didn't help with this very much at all because, because it's also about the male pleasure, right? Like you're trying to maximize the amount of money you're getting from them. And so like feeling good yourself sort of isn't a priority. And if it happens, it's an accident. Um, and so it took, it took quite some time for me to actually become okay with, with being selfish. And that actually happened with escorting. When I became an escort, I would have sex with men for money. And then after that, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to have sex unpaid, I'm going to be as selfish as I fucking want. Like, and then I started becoming like really demanding sexually, like in my personal life. I was like, actually, I don't want to do that. And I'm just not going to. And it was great. I feel like that was like the empowerment thing because like it showed me the contrast. Yeah, that's really interesting to see how it kind of contrasted or like influenced your personal life through that kind of context. Could you tell me a bit more like how OnlyFans kind of changed your perception of relationships or how it affects your relationships in general? It made me more pessimistic about men, <laughs> which which sounds kind of bad, but like, because OnlyFans is like pretty dehumanizing in both ways. And as, as, as to be clear, like I think OnlyFans is good to exist. I'm grateful it existed. Like I'm not, I don't think that, like, it has negatives, yes. I'm, I'm not going to, like, try and sugarcoat those. I still think those negatives are worth it. So that being said, I think that uh, OnlyFans is a bit dehumanizing in both ways. Like, it causes me to de dehumanize the men and the men to dehumanize me because it's very, very asymmetric. It's maybe the most asymmetric form of sex work that I've engaged in or ever seen, right? Like, you have the maximum number of, like, the men are numbers. The men are statistics that come through and you evaluate them with, like, the percentage chance of they're going to give you how much money and you like adjust your attention according to like literally a spreadsheet. It's so it's it's not like it's not like a sexual interaction with another human being. It's 
like running a business where you're selling like a sex bot online. And that was yeah. pretty, pretty hard. Um, I, I don't know if this like affected my personal relationships directly. I have like pretty great compartmentalization and it's like work in my personal life at this point are just no problem. There's a big difference, but it did make me a little bit more pessimistic about like the men in general, about the sort of things that turn them on, the things they pay attention to. Like it didn't matter how much, you know, creativity or effort I put into my stuff. Like the thing that really sold was like a great picture of boobs. And that was it. That beat everything a hundred times. And I'm like, fuck, like it just made me feel bad, you know? Yeah, no, I do get where you're coming from. It's really interesting that you talked about the dehumanization of men, because I was I just wanted to ask you, um, how do you not feel that OnlyFans kind of promotes the objectification of women and their bodies through obviously selecting a picture and men, mostly men viewing um, the content? Um, so I was just think, wondering what you thought about that aspect. Yeah, it's definitely objectifying. This is what you're paying for. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine being objectified. This is where I get my paycheck from. Uh, I mean, you, you try not to like, like guys do like personality. Uh, and if you can sell some sort of like, oh, there's, this is a whole package. This is also really good. Uh, I think that I, I know that I was just saying that I was depressed with how much men just want to see tits, but, but there is, there is a lot more to it too, right? Like, like guys absolutely want the tits, but all else being equal, all tits being the same double D or whatever the fuck. Uh, if you can add in like a sort of the ideal feminine personality, they really want that. And I think that does tie into something really important and deep in, in male sexuality, that they do want intimacy. Um, and I think this is underplayed. But I do agree that OnlyFans is very objectifying. All sort of porn sex work sort of thing is objectifying. OnlyFans is maybe less objectifying than porn, I would say, if we, I had to rank them all. Like, escorting would be the least objectifying, in my opinion. But it also, like I said, objectifies the men. Like, I don't see them as men when I'm on OnlyFans. I see them as, like, walking wallets. And I think that is equally as objectifying as them seeing me as walking tits. Yeah, so it's just both using each other for, I mean, the pleasures that you both want, you getting the money and them getting the satisfaction that they do get from what viewing it. In terms of how, if anything, has OnlyFans kind of affected your own body image? And if at all, has it was it different before and changed now? I know I don't know whether the religious aspect maybe could have come up to that if you thought of, that your body was kind of to satisfy the man before as you talked said with your mum just how has it kind of changed if at all yeah I think uh, I might be a little unique in that I think I'm like you have a uniquely good relationship with my body like one my body is like pretty attractive in the sense that people do seem to want to masturbate to it a lot so that helps it helps my my yeah. mental image about it um but but in general I feel like I have like a pretty a clinical relationship with my body like I view my body as a tool and I don't have a very strong attachment to it. And I think of like, how could I optimize this tool? You know, how do I change it? And I feel pretty aware of the things about my physical appearance that are not ideal for men. And I and I don't really mind this. I'm like, oh, it's like if I'm like driving a car like to work and like the car like has a dented bumper, I'm like, oh, the dented bumper is not ideal. Right. But it doesn't feel like it strikes me in any sort of deep way. Um, so I I don't know. But OnlyFans definitely made me like it turned that knob up. Like I became like way more aware of the dents in my car and I, I became more like, oh, like if I got this, you know, new fender installed, I'd probably increase my income by 10%. So like suddenly like plastic surgery became like an investment in my income, right? Like, like I'm just upgrading the tools so that I can like generate more. So have you, have you spoken about plastic surgery? Have you had more plastic surgery since doing OnlyFans just to increase your income? 
Yeah, I've I've had several face procedures. Um, they're all pretty minor. Like I've like I I say this, and maybe if people are listening, they imagine it's pretty severe. But like I've had friends see me before and after, and not notice that there's been a difference. And I also got like a tiny bit of like liposuction on my waist, that sort of thing. Uh, so they're all been pretty minor, but very like intentional. Yeah. So you haven't had any like negative comments about your body and how it needs to change or anything like that, because I know that could be quite not damaging, but maybe quite self-conscious if your your whole job is about viewing your your body and the way it looks and the better it looks obviously the more men want to view it and that kind of vicious cycle of kind of being really self-aware about what you look like yeah there's definitely those comments like if you have a white audience online that's inevitable people people will take the hottest woman on earth and be like your elbows are too pointy right so yeah i get like a lot of negative comments about my body um but i don't really care there definitely some people do care like i think i just happen to be super resilient about this particular thing for whatever reason but a lot of people aren't and it does really get to them yeah has OnlyFans also changed the way you you view the broader industry of porn in general or has it stayed the same uh it's mostly stayed the same. It's made me more grateful or something. Like OnlyFans hands the money directly into the hands of the girls who are working, whereas there's a lot more middlemen with, with porn. Um, and OnlyFans is doing like a really, really good job in regards to like actually trying to keep its girls safe, like relative to other places on the internet. Uh, you know, the content gets taken down and, and you have to, like your content is really locked down. So it's, it's actually one of the more safer in that regard. Um, so it just, it hasn't like a, like in concrete changed my opinion about the normal porn industry, but like in contrast, it has made me like the porn industry less. Yeah. And how do you kind of rank what you, what people get to view your content? So I know there's, you obviously have a, a feed to join your, and to what, to kind of access your feed. And then how do you rank it with what people get to see? Yeah, so there's like a couple of different payment things. And in, this is pretty flexible. But for me, there's like freely visible online without paying. There's like if you subscribed to be on my feed, there's like the things that are sent in DMs for payment. And then you can always like increase exclusivity by being like, oh, if you only tip over this amount. that, you... But these are basically different levels of paywalls. And for me, I usually have straight nudity. Um, I have rules like I can show 50% uh, of closed labia outside of OnlyFans and 100% of closed labia inside the paywall and then open labia um, in the DMs and then uh, like if you pay even more then it's like full sex right so I have I have like a pretty <laughs> concrete like set of criteria that like allows me to bin my content into different levels but typically this is how it works like if you want to make money you have to have like a slowly escalating thing and you can draw those lines wherever you want like some girls don't get naked at all until you in the DMs right like so it's very different. So do most girls do this kind of um, ranking? Yeah, I, they do. Um, I did a survey and I think the vast majority of them get full naked on their OnlyFans. That's roughly the norm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because you, you want to, I guess, if you want less people to see you fully naked, you charge more for it, right? And then I know you have a Twitter as well. I think you have two different ones, um, if I'm right. And how would you kind of view these different aspects and different social media points of um, platforms and which platform do you kind of prefer to use and which one do you find more empowering? It depends a lot. Uh, I really like Reddit for OnlyFans marketing. It's I'm very familiar with it. I love Reddit. I've been using it for a very long time. So it feels like home. For my personal stuff, like my writing, Twitter's great. <laughs> I like Twitter for my Ayla underscore girl Twitter. 
you do polls and people are interactive and there's a community on there. And it feels like that's the platform where people sort of take me seriously in a sense, because I think by default, people typically don't take sex workers very seriously, which like is fair. Okay, sure. I get it. Like sex workers are drawn from populations that usually are like less interesting as a default. But so I do feel like I have a little bit of something to prove. And on Twitter, it feels like I can do that very well. Because I know that you kind of have intellectual, like, I don't know if people would use that word instead, kind of content that isn't only porn related. And how do you kind of see the two separating? And do you ever see them like coming together? Yeah, I do. So one important thing is I use the same name for both my intellectual content and my porn, which makes it very easy to find me across the things. And this is sort of deliberate. Like for one, a lot of the content that I write is about porn. And so it, it, it sort of like makes a little bit of organic sense. But there is also a way where I like don't want to be ashamed of this. And to be fair, I have like the privilege of not being ashamed of this in the sense that like I can make a living off of sex work. I don't have a boss. But also there's a way where I'm like, I want to be able to be like a, a good thinker online and to do interesting work and research and also be like, look, I am also a sex worker. You can see this. You can clearly, anybody can go and look at me like, having sex on the internet for free and i'm not ashamed of this i'm not going to try to hide it this is a natural part of who i am uh and that that feels really important to me like like i i really take a stand for this sort of thing yeah no that's really interesting to see and do you think if you didn't do sex work that it wouldn't kind of allow you to be that open about it or i don't know because i feel people people are more I don't want to say the word critical, but if people write about it, they kind of assume you in a certain different light. And so a lot of people don't really want to read about that kind of stuff, which is obviously a problem in society that we do have. And do you think by doing sex works and having this financial stability kind of allows you to do that work as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I had like gotten into this without the sex work at all, like it probably would look very different. This is very much a thing of like taking opportunities as they come. Like the very first opportunity that was given to me was sex work. And so everything else in my life has sort of been sort of defined by that. So so it's definitely like been a process. Like I've had to face very directly like, like oh, there's normal people who I'm friends with who can watch me getting railed on the internet. And like the first few times this happened, it was like kind of strange and uncomfortable. But there's always like the little mental movie you could do where you check and you're like, okay, what actual concrete bad things are going to happen out of this? Like, is my discomfort actually tied to a threat? And every time the answer's generally been no, like... What's going to happen if they see me getting railed on the internet? Like, they're going to make a weird joke? Like, so what? And so that that iterated has made it made it more okay. No, um, that's really interesting. And how has kind of the reopening of society after lockdown and COVID affected your sex work in OnlyFans? Has it, like, decreased or increased? Um, so I quit OnlyFans kind of recently to because to, I got funded to do research. Um, so I personally haven't experienced this, but I do track like OnlyFans stats and I, you can, you can tell by what girls are making in their percentage rank. Uh, cause we're like, oh, I'm in the top 1% OnlyFans tells you this and I'm making X amount. So you can sort of like extrapolate. And it seems last time I checked that OnlyFans income across the board dropped about 10%. And so that, that seems to be the thing that happened after society reopened. Yeah. That's quite, do you see it going forward at any moment at all? Or as in like continue like going up? Um, rather than decreasing the the amount of people that view it? I think this is unlikely. My guess is that it would remain pretty stable uh, over the next couple of years, and I can't really predict beyond that. But like, 
uh, the pandemic was a great thing and there was also the the novelty of like oh all these girls are getting on so i think it had its like moment in the sun that is really hard to replicate at this point uh, but it seems to be a pretty sustainable form of income for a lot of girls like this is definitely a real business model and it's really great that you're getting funded for research as well do you think that's kind of being so like open about what you do and everything has uh, drawn more attention to that for that possibility or do you think there's something else that contributed yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I have a pretty good sample sizes from all the sex work following, and I've just published the stuff that I like to, to do online. Like, all my research is just joy-driven. I love learning. Like, if I, you have any question, you're like, fuck, like, I have the resources to answer that question on my own. And so I fucking love doing that. And so, yeah, that helps. That helps. People just saw, saw me publishing the research. She was like, oh, we want more of that in the world. Because it's very hard to get sex research funded in universities because there's, like, incredible, like, yeah approval problems like there's so many regulations and i'm like cool i'm operating outside the system i'm studying something that like we can't study through normal methods and so it feels like a really good thing because i guess universities always make it more theoretical and really analyze the different intents and like different like objectification aspects of it in that kind of way as well as being pro and all of that kind of stuff i feel like there's always really big tension of pro versus anti-porn um throughout feminists as well and what would you kind of say to feminists that are like less pro-porn yeah i think it's fine to be not pro-porn i mean there are downsides i'm not gonna lie like and it makes sense to have your values in life such that you're like oh wow this is really going against things that like make me feel good i think that this is absolutely valid <laughs> i also think that uh like for me the, the really important thing is do not limit what consenting adults can do like if you're an adult human who is like i want to do this thing then you, it's none of your fucking business to tell them no it's not you can give arguments i'm down with you like trying to persuade them or like present data or something about that but like there is a very hard line and it's like do not restrict the freedoms of other consenting adults just don't so so i'm down to have the discussion as long as it, it doesn't cross that line i'm just curious to think um you know there's uh, a lot of different kinds of porn obviously and do you think porn that is more harmful towards women like violent type porns should be kind of restricted or do you think like you said people should have the exact freedom to do what they want to do if it causes them like pleasure and they're getting paid for it and they consent to it as adults uh, so, so one, we do a lot of things we don't want to all the time because we're getting paid for it. Like I worked really shitty jobs that were way worse. For, I, I wanted to do those way less than sex work and I did it. Nobody was like, oh no, poor Ayla, right? So there's that sort of thing. But also this is this type into like a really big misconception that drives me fucking crazy. So a lot of my research is sexual fetishes. I study like what turns people on, who gets turned on by what, to what degree, like how important is this to them? And across the board without fail, every time I run a study, women like violent porn more than men. It's just, it's like one of the biggest gender differences overall. And so I'm like always shocked when people are like, oh, you know, violent porn, you know, it's not the thing that women want. It's like men who are objectifying women. I'm like, no, you do not understand who is watching this porn. It's women. I mean, also men too, but it's more women than men. And obviously we have a question of all the women who are participating in the violent porn into it. I do know like personally, the people who participated in this are people who really like it. Like I have one friend who's like super into, you know, having violence against her sexually, obviously in a consenting safe way. 
And she goes and seeks out that kind of porn to do because she really fucking loves it. And again, don't know if this is universal across the board, but like, I think it's absolutely possible to do this, especially since we have more women who want to do it than men. Like these women very likely have actually looked this, like seeked this out because this is what turns them on. That's really interesting because I I guess I never thought about it that way. Because obviously the way you read it is when men view violent porn, it's the way that they kind of can change the way they treat women in relationships maybe and do you think that kind of is quite I don't know not damaging but is a factor or do you think like you said like, like more women like view violent porn so I know I'm just wanting to get more of your opinion about whether it's a problem or not so I mean there is a thing where if you haven't had a lot of actual sexual experiences and you watch porn you might be like oh this is normal I'm not sure to what degree this is like actually a problem, but it seems like reasonable. Like if somebody came to me and told me that, I'd be like, that yeah. is like a reasonable way for reality to be. So so maybe, so that might be might be an issue, like if somebody really doesn't know. But also, and I feel like a little bit sus about like the viewing a thing makes you treat people this way. Like we had this whole thing about playing violent video games makes you violent. And we yeah. underestimated people's ability yeah. to separate fantasy from reality or like to, to, we underestimated the impact of context on the way that people interact with others. And I think that probably something similar is going on here. Like when people are like, oh, watching violent porn makes you violent towards women. I'm like, I think you might be underestimating context here. Honestly, I personally feel like we should, (laughs) like if we want to like satisfy women's sexuality more, we need men who are more interested in sexual violence against women because this is what women are looking for themselves. Obviously in a consenting, healthy adult way with clear communication of boundaries and safe words, like all that's super important. Um, I would like more porn to show that. Uh, it would be, like, I think like kink.com does a lot of this. They have an interview with the person before and after where they discuss what they're going to do. That seems great. I would love for that to be a norm in porn to demonstrate like education about how to engage in this sort of like consensual violence in a way that is safe. No, that's really great. Um, well, thank you so much for everything. I, that's all the questions I wanted to ask you, but it's been really great to talk to you and like get your opinion about everything. Yeah, thank you for the questions. It's just really interesting to get an actual sex worker's opinion about everything because I guess you don't really get that when you just study it in a university. It's all theoretical and you don't really see the actual people that live through it. Uh, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot because that's also my complaint. Like a lot of people like write about porn. Like, have you ever talked to any of us? Like, there's a lot of us <laughs> who have very strong opinions about this. So I'm really happy. Again, I mean, you probably know this, but opinions are super varied. I am like one person out of many. But, but it's, it's better than a uh, sample size of zero. So, And that is all for now. Thank you for listening to Unfiltered. Head over to our website, www.theiwi.org, for more information about the work we do for women around the world. I'm Wotsia Stremska. Our producer is Mia Simovic. And music is by Leo Manson. Research by Rebecca Williams and Julia Thompson-Flores.